Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the morning 77 wabc I don't mind. thanks to lisa orban and kevin breslin and all you folks who continue to donate as i've been telling you all morning long call us at 800-890-9088 you've got operators standing by 1-800-890-9088 as well as wabcradio.com slash dcd. Is that Marianne from Brooklyn? She's the best. Marianne from Brooklyn, we love you. Also, you know, I went to this uh, dinner for the DEA, Detectives Endowment Agency, my dear friend Paul DiGiacomo, and it was one of the most emotional nights I've ever been through. It's good to see Bo Dito there that night, too, but it was a very emotional night, very. And they give out awards to all these um, really courageous officers. Most of them in wheelchairs now. They've been shot and stabbed and all kinds of horrendous injuries. And they gave me an award that night, which was ridiculous, but heartfelt and thank you. So I met this guy named Joe there that night, and his father. And he said, uh, you know, well, I want to bring some food to the studio one of these days. I said, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> he wasn't kidding because they dropped off from Aunt Butchie's, Danny Fagliano's cousin, Aunt Butchie's, in Brooklyn, one of the great, great dessert makers and, and food uh, in all of Brooklyn. They dropped off enough food this morning for 50 people. Some food. Some? Like 50 people, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like you, You're going to take that home and feed MJ for like a week and a half. Take it home. Yeah, I'm taking it right now. I'm telling you, but it is delicious. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I already told Sophia to hide the eggplant pot. Just hide it. <laughs> yeah, I know. They already put all the uh, desserts in the fridge, Sophia Perez, all the cheesecakes. Good. Before we get to uh, Kristen, uh, Danielle, you want to share some more information on the on the uh, charity, yes? Yes, thank you. I just yep. want to speak to the fact about transparency and where the funding has gone and where we want it to go. Which is a good thing because, God, we know what happens with Ukraine. At least you're giving us the truth. This proxy tells you, Ukraine, not really. Go ahead. I'm kidding, so, like really. I said earlier, is we, um, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> we don't take a dime. Everything is through the volunteers. There's no salaries or anything. We don't ask for donation in, ex- in exchange for providing support or information or any of that stuff. So this year, um, we were able to rebrand because, as you know, we were formerly the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and Developmental Coordination Disorder. And this year, uh, we rebranded to Dyspraxia DCD America. We launched a new website. We have a new logo. Um, we... And the new website, again, is dyspraxiadcdamerica.org, right? Yes, thank you. And they yeah. can go there, and, and it's a wonderful website because... There's reams of information about this specific disability. Well, you heard from my son Gabriel less than an hour ago. We had everybody, including Bill O'Reilly, in tears. He happens to be an amazing success story, but not everybody's doing as well as Gabriel. That's the bottom line. Right, and very, very important to that uh, point is we also, what we did this year with funding, is we developed what's called an infographic, which you can download from our website in color, black and white, deep color or less color, depending upon your printer, 
and there's also a QR code on it. And what it does is it really details, like a flow chart, the symptoms with regard to movement, coordination, and motor planning, um, overlapping conditions, symptoms other than movement, difficulties of living, emotional, mental health, executive function, et cetera. And you can share this piece of information with a medical provider, a teacher, an occupational therapist, a grandparent, a caretaker, so they have a little bit more of understanding of what they're dealing with with the individual because, again, it doesn't necessarily present physically. When you see someone with dyspraxia, it's like dyslexia. You can't look at a person and say, oh, that person has dyslexia. Same thing goes with dyspraxia. Until uh, they start running or start walking or trying to do something but physically. But what I did learn, if I, if I, if I have enough time. You have is, a minute. Okay. All righty then. Um, we went to two conferences in UK this year. One of the conferences I went to, and what we learned at that conference is speech and language is often a gateway. And Georgia, I think, touched on it when she spoke with regard to diagnosing and identifying dyspraxia because it's an issue with the neurolog- neurological, whatever fires off to send the messages to the muscles of the mouth with regard to making, forming words. So that's how the speech and language gets affected. And um, Gabriel doesn't have that, but he has other issues with coordination. Right. Danielle Rosenberg right there. Once again, uh, you can donate 800-890-9088 or wabcradio.com slash DCD. Great job, Danielle. Thank you. Kristen Turdick is a full-time working mom of two beautiful young ladies, Lydia, 16, and Lena, 14. Lydia was diagnosed with dyspraxia, clinical anxiety, and um, we're going to talk to Kristen right here, right now. Kristen, welcome to Sid and Friends in the Morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm doing great, thanks. Nice to have you. Where are you this morning? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, my God, Michael Jordan, no? (laughs) Oh. That's where he was. I think he lived there. I think he lived in Raleigh. Yeah. Well, welcome. UNC, right? Yes, he did go to UNC. In fact, uh, your friend, my beautiful wife Danielle, lived uh, in Charlotte for 14 years. So we know North Carolina very, very well. Um, You know my son Gabriel, now 14 years old. He was diagnosed with dyspraxia down in Miami as a little boy. I know you're aware of some of his issues over the years, but this is more about your daughter Lydia. She's now 16 years old. Kristen, tell us about this uh, lovely young lady. Sure, I'd be happy to. So Lydia has um, always been a really happy kid. She loves to read. I'd say that's her passion. And she's never met a stranger. So she's got a great core group of friends, and she doesn't really care what people think. So she's not real into shopping or style. But her teachers tell me that she's the first one to ask the questions everyone is wondering. So they love having her in their classroom. And Lydia is extremely genuine. She's very kind. She loves animals, wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, she's also very literal, so she likes to argue her points. We've got lots and lots of healthy <laughs> debates in our house. Yeah, and sounds familiar. She's, yeah, right. And she's a she's a she's a typical teenager, so she's really persistent. She doesn't give up. She works really hard. Um, and I'd say, you know, because of the dyspraxia, she's probably, you know, more like sixteen going on thirteen from a maturity perspective. But she's just got the empathy of somebody so right. much older than her. So. Yeah. That's Gabriel. He's 14 going on 11. But uh, like your daughter, the empathy uh, for um, for 15 people. I know your husband, Mark, like me, is very involved with Lydia and, and dyspraxia. And I, I just yeah. want to ask you this. When, Kristen, did it become clear to you that there was something wrong? So, it's, when, uh, so she was born early. 
Um, and she was behind on all of her milestones as a baby, but she always caught up. Um, you know, she could not sit in a chair to save her life. She would fall out of chairs all the time. She couldn't throw or catch a ball. Um, when she was trying to learn how to ride a bike, it was brutal watching her, but she stuck with it. Eventually she got it. She was sick all of the time. Um, I'd say she just generally lacked the building blocks that are required to kind of, you know, get the day-to-day things done, like brushing her hair, brushing her teeth, getting dressed, packing and unpacking her backpack. All of that stuff was like, you know, couldn't, couldn't do it when she was a kid. And then, you know, just simple organizational skills. I'd say she's easily overwhelmed and has a really tough time staying focused on any task, homework, um, cleaning her room, um, you know, whatever. Very similar. My son has a lot of the same issues. Uh, he's 14 now. Your daughter, Kristen Lydia, she's 16 now. Uh, what have been some of the major improvements, though, over the years since uh, you found out, in fact, she had dyspraxia? Well, and I'd say that's one of the big reasons why it's so important to diagnose it early, because um, it, in, at, in her preschool years, we were recommended for a program called Project Enlightenment. Uh, where we had access to social workers and nutritionists, and they had this great library there where I could find some books, you know, that weren't necessarily about dyspraxia back then, but it was about kids with different types of of issues. And uh, she had a a teacher in preschool who recommended that we get her tested. She was a little bit too young at that time. Um, And then another one in the first grade, and we ended up finding a specialist actually in Charlotte um, who diagnosed her with dyspraxia. She had clinical anxiety, receptive language disorder, processing delays, oculomotor issues, um, all kinds of different stuff. So I think that once we understood that what she had and, um, you know, worked with the specialist to get her the therapy that she needed, I think looking back now, that's the key, right? So she had um, occupational therapy and art therapy and lots of psychologists and therapists um, over the years. But you know, they worked with her on her developing her core strength, which was really important, um, and all kinds of other things, right? She she um, had so many different therapists over the years, but I'd say today um, she's doing awesome. And I think you always live with the dyspraxia, but you have, you know, tools. She kind of, you know, has a tool set of things that she can do when she gets overwhelmed or when her anxiety kicks in and, you know, to-do lists are really important. So I'd say like today, you know, she's, she's doing really well. She's um, a straight-A student. She oh, um, tried out for the golf team when she was a freshman. She's on the varsity golf team. Wow. And she just, yeah. Ah, I feel like we lost her. I don't know why, but we did. It was such a great story, too. How about um, Lydia on the golf team? Yeah. That is fantastic. You can find Lydia and Gabriel's story, both of them, on our website, which again is dyspraxia dcdamerica.org, along with many others.